What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. Uh, excited for today's conversation. My name is Danny. I am your host, uh, the online pastor here at BT Church. Uh, I just want to pause and say thank you for joining us, whether you're watching on YouTube, maybe you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, my prayer is that this conversation is a blessing to you. And if it does bless you, believe it's going to bless somebody else and share it up uh, on your social media platforms as well. We have a very special guest today with us. Uh, she is the director of bachelor and diploma programs, Dr. Celeste Gonzalez Moreno from Stark College and Seminary. Say what's up to everybody. Hello. Good to be here. So glad that you're here. Thank mm-hmm. you for taking your time with us. Uh, Dr. Celeste, I would love for you, um, one, let me pause and say thank you for being here because I know that you're a professor, you're probably very busy, you can probably be reading books or grading papers right now, doing something else, but excited that you paused to join in this conversation because I think it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love for you to start off by simply sharing your story. Uh, where did you grow up? How did you come to know Jesus? And maybe what are some uh, unique opportunities that God has allowed you to be a part of? Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. It is an honor to be here. Um, so I am from the Rio Grande Valley, though I was born in Austin. Um, I My parents moved there for a job opportunity and then moved back. And so really most of my childhood and adult life has been spent here in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and I was blessed because I was raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I, I, I have to kind of um, there's a little caveat, right? So Christian in the sense that my parents were, you know, God-fearing people. Mm-hmm. My mother took me to church. So there was that discipline in the house. Um, it was like, if you're going to do something on Saturday night, you need to make sure you get up in the morning to get <laughs> That's how I got church. to church is I asked my friend, um, hey, can I stay at your house? Like a sleepover? And, mm-hmm. his, and the mom would say, yeah, you can stay here Saturday night, but you got to go to church in the morning. Exactly. I was like, okay. I didn't that- know that was a thing, but it sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That was my mom. That was nice. my mom. So it was, you know, sometimes begrudgingly, it was like, ah, uh, you know, but it was, I'm so thankful, right? Mm. Because my mom instilled those things in me um, at an early age. Obviously we have had these ups and downs, like any family. I have three brothers, you know, brothers, no offense right. to the guys. Okay. <laughs> There's something else and they do some crazy things. But um, my mom was just like this pillar of faith. And I had this incredible grandmother, my grandma Elida, who was such a strong woman of God mm. that just set this beautiful example for me and for my my siblings and my cousins and everybody in our family. Um, so I went to church, right, as a young person. And it was like, I didn't understand everything, but I knew that was what was right. I should do, I should go to church. I should be involved. I should serve. Um, it wasn't until I got to middle school and I got involved with FCA, which mm. shout out to FCA, yeah. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's a wonderful organization. Great stuff. Yeah, and I was exposed through FCA to something different. like, And I feel like my relationship was maturing through FCA and then when I went into high school because I was raised Lutheran. Mm. And so being raised Lutheran in the Valley where there's a bunch of Catholics, um, that was a very unique kind of place to be. And I think also that's totally God is that as a young person, I was kind of forced to understand being Lutheran, like understand my faith, understand my denomination, because people would ask me, I was like the oddball right, out. Yeah. So at an early age, I was like that little scholar already, like doing research and asking people questions and, you know, at church, like uh, making certain observations that most people my age, like could care less about. <laughs> I was doing that. And so I was like, I think that was, it was birthed at a very early age because of that, but it was to understand like, right. you know, my faith and my church, it was different than everybody around me that was Roman Catholic. And so, um, and then, through FCA, it was also, I was exposed to then like a more non-denominational kind of Christianity, mm. if you will, right? I didn't quite understand it, but I knew it was different 
than my Lutheran upbringing. So my Lutheran upbringing was, you know, hymns and high church and Mm -hmm. don't move. And and if you can tell, like (laughs) I move a lot, Um, just stand there still and be reverent and, you know, sing and praise God that way. Um, And then through FCA, it was like, there was some freedom and there was contemporary music and like, it was like, yeah, Yeah. it like, whoa, it rocked my world (laughs) and I loved it. And then it was like, okay. And it was kind of like I was maturing, exploring, and my relationship with the Lord was growing. Obviously through those times I had ups and downs and Mm -hmm. highs and lows, right? Um, But just always wanting to uh, know more and understand more. And so- Oh, was, I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, it's, it's such a unique uh, way of, of really exploring faith, of mm-hmm. coming at it from multiple avenues, which I think uh, really is, is the foundation of, of where you are now as a, yeah. a theological uh, educator, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who loves to teach theology, and we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, and so I'd love to kind of for you to, to share your educational journey, okay. so to speak, mm-hmm. is kind of from, from college to uh, I know you have a doctoral degree. And so kind of walk us through what that was like for you. Yeah, definitely. So um, growing up Lutheran, I went then to UT, which was, you know, Austin. Kind of, yes, yeah. Hook'em Horns. Okay. Um, very proud of All the Aggie fans just turned off this video. <laughs> <right now. laughs> no, my husband's an Aggie, so it's okay. Oh, wow. Okay, I have to tell everybody That's... that one. Okay. Um, so y'all can forgive me. Um, so it was UT and then, and wanting to go to UT because it was a great school. Right. And like having that opportunity to be, to leave the Valley. Cause a lot of my friends stayed here. It was used to be Pan American. Now you chair GV. Um, and I just wanted that experience of going away. And so went to UT actually was undeclared for two years. And, um, I thought I was gonna be a business major, which is really comical now. If anybody really knows me, that's like <laughs> not me at all. But, um, Thank God I married somebody. I feel like it's like communications or business. Yeah, that's like general. Yeah, I'll go do that. Or like medical stuff. That's also like going in the medical field. But um, so I was undeclared and I did all my core classes for two years, right? The end of my two years, I took my last elective before having to declare basically to take my major courses. And the class was called The Rise of Christianity. Mm. And I took that class and I was just like every day, just like, in awe. Was that like uh, like church history stuff? It was church history. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty much a church history type of class. Um, little did I know my professor was a theologian, but I didn't know that because mm-hmm. at, at UT, it was more from like a secular perspective, right, you know. Yeah. Um, and then at the, like one of the last days of class, he comes out and he says, we've just started a religious studies program um, as, a, as a, you can major in it, if you're interested, if you're interested, you can come by my office and you can declare it as like your major. Nice. And I'm like, okay. And my friend who was taking the class with me, he turns over and he's like, oh my gosh, that's so you. <laughs> and I was like, really? And so I went to talk to him and it was in his office that like, it was like prophetic. So I'm sitting there like this, talking to him. And he, and I'm, he says, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, da, 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 da. Cause I was like, I don't know why I'm really here. I don't know if this is really a good fit or what. And he's talking to me and I'm sharing. And he says, this is for you. Like you are the perfect candidate for this program, for this Mm -hmm. major. And it was like the Lord showed me in that moment, sitting there talking to Dr. White and Dr. Michael White was my professor. um, Like years down the road that I was going to be a professor, Mm. a biblical studies professor. Yes. So right there, you got your calling of what you wanted to do. Yes. It was like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, but I'm going to have to get a doctorate and like, that's going to be way down the road. Right. A lot of reading, a lot of writing. A lot of work, a lot of work. So from there, it was just, he's the one that basically came up a list for me about schools that I should go to. Mm. Went to APTS, which was a Presbyterian seminary, which was crazy because I 
obviously was Lutheran, and then um, going to a Baptist church. Actually, that's where I attended, a Baptist church, Hyde Park Baptist in, in Austin. So I was like, Lutheran, going to a Baptist church at the Presbyterian Seminary, and then- In the most liberal city of yeah, the city of Austin. Texas, yeah. Yeah, but I say God is still in there in Austin. Okay. That's right. And then, um, coming, then I came home, and I started teaching, and just knowing that God was calling me, and was saying, you need to go back to school. Because mm. I told you already what you need to do, and I needed to go to school to get there, right? So then I started applying and I found Regent University and it allowed me this opportunity to still live in Texas, live at home. Um, and Home just back in the valley? Back in the valley, okay. yes. Yeah, so after Austin, I was in Austin, I moved back to home. Back home. And then, um, so I would just have to go for two weeks at a time. Every, well, not only, it was hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very hard. Um, to Virginia. So I would fly every semester for two weeks. It was a great sacrifice. My husband sacrificed a lot. Um, and my little one, she was three months old when I started my PhD program. And um, so I was there at Regent. And then I was exposed to these beautiful, charismatic Pentecostal people that Come showed on. me the Holy Spirit on a whole nother mm-hmm. level. Um, so it kind of, at the time, didn't make sense because I had been all over the place. But now it makes perfect sense mm. that God was exposing me to all these different ways of worshiping Him yeah. and loving Him and um, and it's only helped me now as a professor because we're our, Stark is very ecumenical. We have people mm-hmm. from, even though it's primarily Baptist, right? That's the majority of our students. We still, 50% are not Baptist. So we have people from different denominational backgrounds I and that. I feel like I can connect with them. Yeah, and there's such a, a big danger when you think that your denomination is the uh, is the only Mm-hmm. Denomination, or <laughs> so to speak, the right, only or the right, right one, yeah, <laughs> the only right one. Yeah. Uh, and there's so much to learn, you know, and pull yeah. from each other. And so I love that that you got to experience that from mm-hmm. such a, a variety. Um, I, I want to ask this question: you you talked about um, going from the valley to Austin, mm-hmm. right? Um, so did you have a desire to like just get out of the valley? Like, did you think? Let me ask this: mm-hmm. Did you have a desire to get out? And did you, did you ever think you were going to come back? You know, I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. really think that far. I, okay. I did want to get out of the valley just because I wanted to experience something else, mm-hmm. um, having just been here pretty much all my life. And I loved Austin. I had obviously spent time in Austin and everything. Um, but when I was away, it was, I knew the Lord, like at certain points, it was like God told me like what yeah. I needed to do. And so I was then just trying to be obedient to that. And so if it meant coming back to the Valley, it was like, well, all my family's here, mm-hmm. you know, and my parents are older, you know? And so my siblings, my, I only had one brother at the time he was living in Boston, but everybody else was here. Mm. Um, and so I, I was okay with staying, coming back to the Valley. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, and we'll get to that more here in a second mm-hmm. of, of what your hope for South Texas is. Um, so yeah, crazy journey. Now yeah. you're a professor mm-hmm. uh, and a director there with Star College. Um, so what are like some of the the joys that you see in theological education? And and also like, what are some of the courses that you do like that you lead out there mm-hmm. at Stark? Yeah, so joys are for me is knowing that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Right, so you, it's like get into class and you're with your students, you're teaching, you're interacting, you're listening to their growth, they're reading, they're learning, and you're just like, wow, like that's what it's about, right? That's why they're here to become equipped, to be trained, to be energized to, you know, about their passion, their calling, um, their love of the Lord. And so for me, that's like complete joy is to be part of that process with mm-hmm. students. And you feel like, oh my gosh, okay, this is what it was all about. Like, that's where you took me on this crazy journey, God. Right. And now I'm here and like, wow, I get to experience this with my students. So that is so, it's such a blessing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for anybody tuning in, if you 
are in the area or now online mm-hmm. and you have any desire in theological education, definitely check out Stark uh, doing a yes. remarkable stuff. That's where I got my undergrad. Uh, at the time, it was called the School of Christian Studies, the, T- the South Texas School of Christian Studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to get a bachelor's in biblical studies there. A great journey for me. Uh, that was remarkable. And so, yeah, definitely check out Stark College. Um, I know one of your main uh, areas of interest um, as far as your, your theological education, your studies is Job and studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to bet that uh, 98% of people, maybe 99% of people don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would love for you to flesh that out. What what is what is that first off? And, and why are you passionate about that uh, specific topic? Sure. So Jobin Studies is just a fancy name for the study of the book of Job. Um, it's developed so much that that book has become very popular in scholarship, um, especially in Germany. Um, and so they just, they develop kind of like the whole study around it, right? The book. And so I, I got to take a class on the book of Job when I was at Regent with an amazing professor, Dr. Kevin Spahn. And I fell in love. Like I had never read the book in the way that I did when I was going through that course and learned things I had never heard before. Mm. Um, so it just, my, it really piqued my interest. My heart just kind of like softened towards the book. Um, and then that was it. It was like, I took this great class. Just one semester? It was one semester. Yeah. One semester I took this class. And then I had to, well, I was going to work on my dissertation and I was actually in the book of Jeremiah going to do true and false prophecy. Mm. And so I took my final, my exams and then I just knew the Lord was like, like, calling me towards Job, but it was crazy. And I tell my advisor and he's like, really, you're going to switch at this point? Like, cause that's not something you should do <laughs> right, guys. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. You stress out your advisor and you stress yourself out. But, um, but I knew and, and we, we spoke and his area of expertise is in Job. So it was a beautiful fit actually. And everything, it was hard and all, but my passion and things that I studied a lot is in, it's called the divine speeches, which is basically Job has gone through this like really, horrific Mm -hmm. time of suffering and he's begging God to respond. You know, why am I going through such a horrible, you know, suffering and I haven't done anything wrong. And so finally it says, you know, towards the end of the book that God responds out of the whirlwind. Mm -hmm. And he basically tells Job, like, were you there when I did all of these things? It's like the questions, you know, they asked Job. Well, in that portion that we call the divine speeches, there's a portion on 10 animals. The 10 animals, um, there's two of them, is a warhorse and an ostrich. So my entire dissertation was on the warhorse and the ostrich. And <laughs> oh we were like, God. really? Is that the name of the book, the warhorse and the, and the it ostrich? Was, it was, I have a long old title, oh, okay. uh, but basically, yes, it's it's on the warhorse and the ostrich. It sounds like something like C.S. Lewis, right? It, yeah. it has so much significance. Yeah, the symbolism right, and everything. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um People wonder, really, ostrich? And originally, I wanted to do my entire dissertation on the ostrich. Um, <laughs> and then my advisor said, you're not going to have enough information. And I was like, I'll be fine. And then it's like halfway through. I can't find enough. I don't have enough information. He said, let's do the work because they're paired together. Yeah. People don't know that. It seems kind of odd, like warhorse and ostrich, how are they paired together? But um, but I would love to speak to anybody about the theological significance of the ostrich warhorse another time. But, That's great. Um, but I just, I love the book. I love it as wisdom literature and what God is trying to not only impart to Job, but to impart to us yeah. in our contemporary context, you know, and it's powerful when people can like tap into those things and really understand them on a deeper level. We're actually going through that in a class that I'm t- 
teaching right now. It's Old Testament wisdom books, mm. and we're studying the book of Job. And actually, next You're thir- studying the ostrich. That's it. Well, it's going to come it's up. a whole class. I'm going to bring that one up next time. <laughs> I have a student presenting. I don't want to steal her thunder, and then I'll bring in the ostrich after. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's next Tuesday. So <laughs> good. Uh, that's, that's, that's awesome. I love to kind of see uh, the journeys that God's taken you, just where the passions that he brings up. And mm-hmm. I think it's so cool that whenever we, we, we see a spark that God just kind of lights up in us, and then we just go after it. Because yeah. uh, then we encounter God in a different way. We experience God in a different way. It's a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I know and love about you is that um, that you're not just this theological educator. You're also directly involved in the life of the local church, mm-hmm. and I think that's uh, also a testament to Stark. Is that's part of the vision? It's not just yes. let's not just teach people the Bible, uh, but let's help empower people how to be better educators and ministers of the gospel within the local church context, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge and so important. Um, and so, what are some of the ways that you uh, kind of integrate theological education, maybe either as a professor um, or even as a student when you're a student, uh, into the life of the local church? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you kind of pair those two together? Yeah, definitely. So, I am so big on, it's the head and the spirit, right? It's like head mm-hmm. and heart. Um and how we bring that together. And so through my church, so I go to um, TFC, the family church. Shout out TFC. Yes. Pastor Ricky, Pastor Nikki, really good friends of mine. They're awesome. Um, And so through leading there, so I've been given a few opportunities to preach, which has been crazy. I love it. Yeah, it's powerful um, and big responsibility, but such a blessing. And then also... So, and it's like, I realizing in those situations that I can bring it all my theological education in a very, and then kind of make it very practical, yeah. right? Break it down to where it is actually applicable in people's lives, right? And then um, through small groups at our church, we have a very, very large small group um, ministry, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a coordinator. And so basically kind of overseeing different leaders, different small group leaders and help them, encourage them um, in that process. And... Also, we've led, so they, they see me also as a professor, right, at the, yeah. at the church. So I got to create, along with another amazing woman, um, a class on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so Powerful. we created, during the, during the pandemic, we did that. It was really cool because we could do video and utilizing those resources, mm-hmm. you know, that we hadn't really done before and sharing them on social media and people like watching the video and taking class, you know, being in class and... Um, so that was really cool. And then also we did a, a conference or like a workshop on the gifts of the Holy Spirit also nice. Yeah, that we led for our leaders at the church. Cool. And is that mm-hmm. something too, like as far as uh, the combining theological education and the local church, that's something emphasized to your students a lot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I realized something um, when I had first come to Stark, you, you kind of come, you're like fresh out of your PhD, right? And it's very academic, even though I was so blessed to have that balance um, with spirit, you know, with, like I said, at Regent, with these people who were so on fire for the Lord. Um, But I still kind of came at it that way because I had just come off of right for seven years, you know, working, going to classes and everything and writing dissertation. And so I kind of approached my classes that way initially. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, the Lord just kind of showed me, you know, very like, and understanding who my students were. Like these are leaders, these are pastors, these are people that are potentially being called to leadership. So how do I make this as practical and as like useful, right? For them to literally learn something in class and then take it to their ministry. So then I started tweaking and changing and like reinventing things that I had done so that it could literally be taken like straight, like where I have students correct, um, create like a curriculum, for example, if they're doing a Bible study or if a sermon, right? They're building their their outline for their sermon based on whatever they're learning in class or um, 
and really to just giving them opportunities in class to mm-hmm. be able to share like the struggles of ministry and because for That's me good. it's it's those two it's things. good to have that community too yeah yeah definitely yeah. man i love that so good mm-hmm. um one thing we want to celebrate um, and we love celebrating, obviously being in South Texas, we're, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from the border, uh, very large Hispanic culture here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, right now, September 15th to October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month, mm-hmm. uh, where we, you know, I always feel like, uh, like, like why, like, I don't know if people ever ask why certain holidays are in certain times. Uh, but I started just doing research, mm-hmm. you know, like, like why is pride month in June and why is this month in, in Hispanic heritage month mm-hmm. right now? And I mean, there's a lot of rich history when it comes to a lot of that. Uh, but being like, this is when the, they got their independence and all that stuff from a lot of South American cultures uh, and countries. Um, for you, you know, being of Hispanic descent, mm-hmm. uh, what does coming from a Hispanic heritage kind of mean to you? Um, and, and does that kind of play into uh, your passion for this theological education that you have? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you can't deny who you are, right? 100%. And, yeah. and especially growing up in the Valley, it's like, it is who we are here in the Valley, you know, being a culture that's so rich and so diverse. And so I have to say it's interesting because initially I, I didn't think of myself as like Hispanic, right. right? It's just like, I'm just Hispanic and I and everybody around me seems to be kind of, and that was, but it's not until you go away mm. And then you're yeah. in Austin and you're like, oh, wait, there's no Hispanics around me. Okay. <laughs> or you're at region, you're the only Hispanic in your class or you, you know, in your cohort. And then you become very aware of that part of you. And it's, it's in those situations, you're like, you're forced to, to contemplate and think about and reflect about what that means. And, and it wasn't actually until after I graduated um, with my PhD that people kept telling me, you know, you're the first that, it, and this, and that, and, and I'm like, I never really thought about, that's not why I did what mm-hmm. I did, but I understand now the responsibility of that, you know, and it, and you can use that for God's glory, yeah. right? You can use your heritage. You can use that, you know, I'm a female in ministry, you know, right. those things that are so important to inspire others and to say, you know what? Like I did it by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by Come my on. own ability, right? You can do it. You know, and so that part of me then, I feel like I celebrate and have accepted more now as I've kind of matured. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I understand more the significance and the power and the, you know, the good part of that, right? right Being yeah. Hispanic. And so I'm That's proud. Good. But, you know, as a kid though, you go through these like crazy, and I remember going off to camps and being like the only, like it would be like the little Hispanic church. They were, we we're all Hispanics and we'd go to camp and we're the only ones yeah. in the bunch. <laughs> and it makes you feel, you know, you feel kind of thawed once out and right. maybe some comments here and there. Um, and so at the time you didn't appreciate those things. And mm-hmm. now I see like the gift um, yeah. that, that that brings. And so and I love saying thankful. you can't deny who you are. No, like, you like, can't. It's who you it, are. Love it. It's who, it's who God created you to be. Exactly. Uh, and I think when we own that, uh, and I, I think there's a big temptation, not just with like our heritage or, you know, our mm-hmm. ethnicity, but there's a big temptation of just wanting to be somebody that you're not or wanting to be yeah. somebody else's. I, I like calling it the, the temptation of comparison that I want what that person has mm-hmm. right now. Um, cause we look at, people's lifestyles. We look at their journeys and we want those things. Yeah. Uh, you did mention that, that people would say, like, you're the first something. Well, mm-hmm. What were you of the first stuff? Well, first, like, Hispanic woman in the Valley with a PhD. Wow. That, yeah, it's just, I didn't know that. Within theology? Like theology yeah, theology. Education. Theological yeah, education. That's so cool. Yeah. Congratulations. First Thank off. you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and my hope is that that sets, uh, you know, a standard for 
other Hispanic women yes. called to ministry, right? Um, yeah. And so I want to kind of get into that a little bit. Uh, what do you see as some key issues related to Hispanic ministry here in South Texas? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one I think is definitely the role of women mm-hmm. um, in the church. Um, and that that supersedes kind of even Hispanics, right? right? I think that's just denominationally too and other things, right? But um, I just see that if we can, I believe... If I was called, other women have been called. And so it is important that we we give them a platform to be able to like live out and to um, just develop, right? Those gifts and the things that God has called them to do. And so, and, and I think because there's also this, this kind of stigma within the Hispanic culture, you know, the whole machismo right. like thing that exists and we can't deny. There's certain things that I think barriers have been broken. And as generations progress, we're getting better, you mm-hmm. know, we're leaving those things behind, but it still exists. And so it's really important that that's when I feel like more of my role is to say, you know what, you can do it. And um, it's it's possible, especially right. if God has called you, like that's all For you sure. need, right? right? That's all you need. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a, a big issue, I think. Yeah. So, that- so women in ministry kind of... Uh, allowing women uh, to, and allowing is a weird word, uh, but uh, giving women a, a platform uh, mm-hmm. to be able to flesh out their ministry. Uh, what are what are ways that you think the church can be better at that? Well, I think just um, validating women mm-hmm. and saying You've, you're gifted just like I am, even yeah. though I'm a different gender than you are, um, mm-hmm. that God has called you and, and I think, and giving them the opportunity to be able to lead and to be able to, um, use their gifts, right? However that is, everybody has different gifts. It's the mm-hmm. same with both gen- both genders, right? I mean, Correct, male and yeah. female, they have different giftings, but it's being able to give women a space to say, you know what? I understand that God has gifted you with certain abilities and gifts and we want them. We want you to use them, right? And and honest, honestly and authentically allow them to be part of the conversation, part of ministry, part of, you know, everything, whatever we do, right? For me, it's in the academic setting because in the academic setting, it's also very male heavy. Right. Okay, let's just be real, right? For it's, sure. Um, and it's usually Anglo males yeah, too, you, can you say know? It. That's right. Yeah, and so at Stark, it's not though. Yeah. You know, we've, we're doing things differently, thank God. Um, but that's the world we live in. And so we have to be intentional. We have to be, um, we have to say yes. Like we're gonna do this and you're going to get pushback and it's going to be hard sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been told a lot of things. And so, but I just, it's not about getting upset or getting offended or, you know, no, it's, it's like staying focused on the Lord. Lord has called me. Okay, God, what have you asked of me to do? And I think when we do that, God opens up these opportunities and, and but people have to be willing to do what God wants. So, you know, because a lot of people want to do what they want to do. For sure. Yeah. And so it's important that we are looking at God, asking God for wisdom. And in that process, I think we give women space. We give whoever it is, whoever space to be able to let their gifts shine and and do what the Lord has called them to do. Love that. So good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I love that. Uh, I have one last question for you. Um, What's your hope for, uh, one, the people of South Texas, uh, but for the church of Mm -hmm. South Texas? Oh my gosh, I want to see the people in South Texas just like love the Lord, okay, and serve. Um, And I think we have a very rich like faith here Mm -hmm. in the Valley. I think it's just like spirituality is very embedded in our culture. Now, the way it's been practiced maybe in some areas, it's 
there's some distortions and, you know, and so to be able to be like Stark, for example, the presence of Stark in the Valley, yeah. to be able to offer sound biblical education, like come pastors, come leaders, right? And you don't have to drive all the way to Dallas. Either. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. wonderful service that we provide here in the Valley. It's a ministry, I think, right? That mm-hmm. we provide. And to be able to have these leaders come and, and have an opportunity to get sound biblical education and then they're the one, they go back to their church and then the ch- they, they teach that, they preach that, right? They lead in that way. And then there's like this change, right? Mm-hmm. And this like revival that happens. And so it's like, that's my hope, you know, that we are able to do that as a seminary and me as a teacher, that I can influence and impact leaders that way. And they go back and it's just like a domino effect, yeah. right? And the valley, by the time we know it, has this like really sound orthodox, you know, <laughs> understanding of scripture. Can you imagine that? Praise that'd, be, God. that'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah, it'd be amazing. I mean, it's, yeah, I have to believe that though. I have to dream that, right? Right. Um, and I would love to see that here in the Valley. And also that our churches, that it wouldn't be um, like that church and that church and that church and we do this and we, but that there would be more of a unification, you know, among churches and reaching across lines and saying, we have something that we all want to share together mm-hmm. um, and working together. Obviously it's much more powerful, right? I would love to see, especially larger churches too, yeah. you know, coming together to do ministry together and different things like that, so... Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Celeste, it was uh, powerful hearing your story. Uh, thanks for sharing. I, I know that there's probably a ton more that we could have mm-hmm. gotten into, uh, but man, t- to me, uh, it's encouraging to see your journey uh, and to see how faithful you were and, and all the little things and the ways that God showed you small things. And you said, I'm going to go after that. I'm going to mm-hmm. go after that. Because uh, I believe when we're faithful with the, with the kind of next step, yeah. then God's just going to keep revealing more and more to us. Uh, and I'm praying uh, for you and for Stark uh, that you would continue to make a huge impact here. And I, I think it can be something that, that's big uh, that can not just uh, grow the ministry of Stark, but like mm-hmm. you said, uh, really impact the ministry of the local churches here across uh, not just South Texas, but now you're expanding to other areas too. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you for your time. I, I love yes. this conversation and I, I pray we get to do this again sometime because I believe Definitely. that God's going to keep using you and I'm excited to hear how he does that uh, mm-hmm. and then we get to talk about it again one day. So uh, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you.